What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Drink Up College Rugby Pod, part of the Rugby Wrap-Up Network. I am Zach. I'm here with Colby. Long weekend, Colby. A lot of time to relax, but also a lot of time to watch some great rugby as well. Yes, yes, I think we had some pretty good rugby all week one. I think everybody's still working out the kinks, but excited to report on what we have, Zach. Were you barbecuing? Were you outside? What was uh, what was your plans? Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, I did a little bit of barbecuing, mostly, mainly hung out with family. I got to see Shang-Chi yesterday. Amazing, awesome movie. Took me back to my roots of watching Bruce Lee growing up, uh, all of Bruce Lee's movies. Game of Death, Enter the Dragon. Not to compare Shang-Chi to Bruce Lee at all, <laughs> because I think it's its own entity for sure. But it was just cool to see a really high, top-tier kung fu movie in the ranks back again. So Shang-Chi was awesome. You guys definitely got to go out and see it if you haven't seen that's it. All, that's been on my list for a while to get out and watch that. I, I haven't... Uh... I don't know if I want to go to the theater. Like, I'm hoping it comes. I got Disney Plus. I don't know if they're going to stream it anytime soon. But Yeah, hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Because I will watch. I can't wait to watch that again. <laughs> I'll make the trip out for that, uh, maybe, if they don't put that up shortly. But, um, but yeah, no, I had a good weekend. I was doing some uh, barbecue myself. I was outside. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying the fact that it's a little cooler now, the weather. I, I'm not dying. It's not, you know, 90, 95 every day. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to get into, so we can get right into the big container section in the news. Partner again, Rugby Morning Newsletter. If you guys haven't subscribed yet, make sure you definitely do, rugbymorning.com. This week, you'll see, or today, you know, whenever you hear this pod, you'll see our first installment of our Players of the Week segment in that newsletter as well. So we kind of gave you a wrap-up of uh, who we thought were the, were the better you know players on the weekend. Um, we'll come with you uh with that either once or twice a week uh, going forward as well, kind of mentioning who was the best. And then we'll have some predictions, you know, towards the end of the week as well in that newsletter. But Colby, obviously the big news on the weekend, Canada beats the U S for the, in the first of a couple world club qualifying matches, 34 to 21. Any thoughts for you on that game? I have, I have plenty myself, um, but you know, yeah. What, what did you think about that, that loss for the Eagles? Yeah, just from talking with you about the game a little bit earlier, I think the USA were not in the best positions. Obviously, losing Cam Dolan early in that game hurt them. Uh, and, you know, Canada are a respectable 15 side. And so with the game, you know, that has these stakes, World Cup qualifying, I think that you need to be at full strength if, if you want to compete, and the U.S. just weren't. Yeah, they had a couple tough breaks uh, from the beginning. You know, the fact that A.J. McGinty didn't start that game, I think, limited them. Um, you know, they had Will McGee playing fly half, who obviously is is strong, but he's not, you know, the level that they were hoping McGinty could come in and, uh, you know, really spark that offense. So coming in in the second half, they were already behind, and it seemed like he was just trying to do too much. He had that pass that he threw that got picked off and returned for pretty much a full field try by Canada uh, that really put the, the U.S. behind. So, you know, and it's really tough to put it all on his shoulders. Like, obviously, he's great, but he can't do everything. The, the U.S. really had, had was a one-trick pony on the day. The line-out and the mall off the line-out were the only thing they kept going to. And it worked a couple times. You know, they had, a, they had a good try right off the bat, the penalty try. But Canada was was obviously prepared for that. And so when they started stopping it, and with the wind being the way it was, it was tough to guarantee, like, the kicks into touch. They didn't really have an answer offensively 
once that mall stopped working. They did, there was nothing. They didn't get it through to the back line. I mean, the wings, uh, Mika Cruze left earlier with an injury too, but he never really touched the ball, you know, uh, on offense, which is the reason you have him in the game. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, so they, they really had a tough time getting anything going offensively. We'll see how they play now when they bring it back to Glendale, but it just wasn't a great showing overall. Um, but like, you know, like you said, a couple tough injuries uh, on that front as well. I think they were a little weak on the wing too. Would you have liked to see anybody else? Um, were there any names that stood out to you that weren't featured in this team? Maybe. I mean, that's a tough call. You know, they, they had Mika Cruze, obviously, I think is one of the stronger wing players. Uh, they had, and they had Christian Dyer on the other side of the wing, who's a great athlete, but he's a young guy. You know, he had got exposed at times and they had, um, uh, at fullback, they had Luke Hardy back there. You know, I know they had tried Marcel Brocky a little bit in that range, uh, just for more experience in dealing with, with the high balls on the wing. I think they really got to get Connor Mooneyham up to, up to speed. I'd love to see him out there as well, but I don't know if there really is an experienced kind of back three player they can bring in here to right the ship. Uh, you know, they didn't have Mikey Teo on this roster, but again, he was not, you know, necessarily the answer in those earlier tests in July. He's great again, ball in hand. We have a lot of talented athletes who can who can make something happen on offense, but there's a lot more that goes into those positions, you know, defensively and, and just fielding those the kicks. And the, we don't really have anybody. I don't think that you know is the answer at this point. But I don't know. Do you have any different thoughts on that? Well, I would have liked to see maybe a guy like Ryan James, you know, who had a great season for the LA Guiltinis. Or just like some of the younger guys too, like an Aaron Gray, uh, maybe have an opportunity out there. The back three is all about chemistry. And so once they get the exact three that they want to play with, I think they'll be okay because we have not only the athletes, but we have the rugby players to be really good. And that's the bottom line. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, the same problem. It's lacking the experience, which again... You know, it's not a short-term solution. I think the MLR is going to help with that as we go forward here, but it's not going to help in, in the immediate. Um, but I get, yeah, I, I don't think Canada was that much better than us. I think they got a lot of fortunate bounces of the ball as well. You know, but they just seemed to to come to play, and and the U.S. did not uh, get off the plane for that one. So hopefully, when they're back in the states this coming weekend, you know, they'll they'll, they'll leave it all out there again. Yeah, I don't. I think they have the talent. They have obviously. I'm not questioning any sort of you know of the, the passion or dedication to the game. They played hard. It's just, they didn't have it when it counted. Um, you know, they didn't have an answer. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I think the squad they have named is, is probably going to be our best bet a lot across the board, but. What about uh, Demonte Noble? Yeah, that's true too. You know, we didn't see his name or even Mike DeBoulis also in the back, you know, he had made an original roster, but I get it. It wasn't even the fact that, you know, I, I think Cruze is also a good option on the wing, but they never got the ball out that far. So it was a problem with, you know, the just not Canada was up aggressively in defense and they just couldn't, they couldn't move the ball to the outside. They couldn't, they didn't never went through phases consistently. They kept kicking it away. Um, so I, even if we had someone like Demonte Noble on the outside, they just really couldn't even get the ball out that far. And who's playing fly half? I didn't watch the game. I'm so, yeah, they started with uh, Will McGee because McGinty, they, they didn't bring him into the second half. But he came in right, you know, right at the beginning of the second half and looked good. I mean, he, he was obviously I think the offense was moving a little bit more with him in the game. But again, he just tried to take on too much. I think he was trying to do too much and, and you know, turn it over, 
and uh, close to the to Canada's try line that resulted in that in that full field try for Canada on the intercept, and just couldn't you know. No matter how it doesn't matter how good he is at the fly half position, he can't do it on his own. Um, he needs there's got to be some structure around him. So I think uh, just a disappointing day overall. Kudos, hats off to Canada. They the team itself was amazing. They looked great. They played hard. The fans that were you know in that stadium where they were playing were all over it. They were amazing. It was a, an awesome atmosphere. And they just they grabbed the momentum and they, you know, they just they went with it and they and they brought home this win. So now the U.S. has to win by 14 points, you know, because it's a it's a cumulative score total here for the for the uh, qualifier in this coming weekend. So I'm hoping the fans in Glendale, you know, bring that same level of passion and excitement. Uh, We mentioned Marcel Brocky earlier, Colby. Pretty big news coming out of the MLR. The uh, Austin Gilgronis have signed him away from Super Rugby. So. You know, probably he spent all this time on the Eagles squad with Bryce Campbell, Will Maggie, and Ruben DeHaas, who'd all played for Austin. And now he's leaving Super Rugby to come and play for the Ags next season. Yeah, I mean, all of a sudden, Austin are turning into a formidable side in the MLR. That's an exciting signing, I think. I can't wait to see what he does with the likes of the talent that they already have. Yeah, I'm interested to see where they play him as well. I mean, you have, again, you have all that talent on the, the wing, which is where he had kind of played – uh, for the Eagles, I mean, he played, you know, center spot in Super Rugby. He also filled in there, I think, in the game against Canada. But maybe, exactly, they, you know. Exactly what Austin needs is another wing. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're just, they're doubling down. I mean, if they just play all wings on the in the back line, uh, they'll have plenty of speed. But no, great signing. I mean, he's a super experienced guy, you know, obviously um, played a lot of high quality rugby. So he, he should be a, an impact player for them right away. And other news, Colby, the Allianz Premier 15s got started as well. So some women's rugby internationally or, you know, nationally and the European side. Uh, Shout out again, Eagles Abroad for kind of tracking all these things. I was able to watch a few of these games as well, um, just to note a couple, you know, American players from those sides. Alicia Washington, in her debut, scores a try in a win for her side over Sale, the Sale Sharks. And then Exeter Chiefs, Kate Zachary and Gabby Cantorna. Both had a decent game with Zachary scoring one try and Cantorna converting on uh, – she had six points in that match, but they ended up losing 38-21 to the Bristol Bears. But, you know, it, exciting to see some uh, American talent, again, getting these uh, these some starts in most cases for these European sides in the Allianz Premier 15s. And I was glad they streamed all these games on their website, which was amazing. I woke Oof, up, they were starting from like time. 8 a.m. They had games going on. So That's what you want to see. Rival in college football, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah, I, I had I had a little both going on. I, you know, there, those games didn't start till noon, so I was able to sneak a couple Allianz Premier 15s in before uh, the college football picked up. But it was uh, it was good to just yeah, you know, have these games available. I can't wait, and because obviously the Premier League soccer season was on international break this past weekend, so I can't wait until that's back up and running, so that I can have rugby, soccer college football on three different screens going in on a Saturday morning. I mean, that's how are you going to, that's, is that even, that's overload Colby? What are you going to, you know, do you have that many screens even? You're talking to Mr. Stream here. That's what they (laughs) called me in college. Mr. Stream. Wow. I'll I'll figure it out. (laughs) Figure it out. I have faith. Yeah. I I had no idea that it was such a, uh, it's just a pro at that already. 
I'll have to learn. You have to teach me some tips and tricks on that because I could use some help myself. Uh, so other MLR news, the Houston Sabercats director of rugby, Heineke Meyer, has a sign. They announced Poti Human is going to come in as the team's new head coach for next season. Uh, Human was the head coach of the Bulls in Super Rugby and the Blue Bulls in the Curry Cup. And he was also an assistant coach under Heineke Meyer on that Bulls team that won the Super 14 in 2007. So, Colby, you know, everything uh, is going decently well for the Sabercats this offseason. They're getting an experienced coach to come in to preside over, you know, the, the solid uh, young talent that they had in the draft. What do you think this means for them going into next season? You know, obviously they've, they've struggled. Do you think this is finally when they're going to write the ship? I, I don't see why not. I mean, I feel like the MLR is a type of league where each and every team going in sort of like uh, – I don't want to compare it to the NFL, but I feel like going into the season, especially with only 12 teams, each and every team is going to have a chance, or at least they should have a chance. They should go into the season expecting to compete for the title. And I think that making these changes that the Sabercats are making are going to help them. And at the end of the day, they still have the talent with the likes of Sam Windsor on that squad. And so I don't see why not. They can't make this a turning point for them, um, for the franchise. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I liked a lot of the you know the guys they had, Nick Boyer, the addition at Scrum Half as well. Um, you know, so I, I think they have a good base of talent, and they just need somebody to kind of come in and, and get it all organized. So it looks like they're you know they're making a a solid play so far here this offseason. I'm thinking it will pan out for them, and uh, we'll have to see it when they get on the pitch finally next season. But Dicky Dicky Lottie, that's my man. Yeah, he that's he was, my man. Great. In a lot of those games, he's he is a force. That's my guy. He's just so fun. He's just like a cool, just rugby player. Just the cool, like getting it done out there, looking good, doing it. Just awesome, dude. That's what I feel like cool Houston guy. has a lot of that. I mean, their stadium is dope. Like they are, you know, yeah, they have they could be they got a lot of got cool, that swag. Yes, yeah, exactly. They just can't win. But- so the kids call it right nowadays swag. I wouldn't know. I may or may not be thirty years old. So may or may not be thirty. The jury's still out on that. But I so I have no idea what the kids are saying these days. But I think uh, swag sounds right to me. And I may or may not be forty. That that is true. Who can say? We uh, will we'll never know. We'll, we'll never 14. reveal that. So unless you donate a lot of money to us, then we'll let you. <laughs> we'll tell you. <laughs> If you if you want to give us a generous donation, we'll uh, we'll let you know how old we actually are. Um, but that's all the news that I had on my radar, Colby. Anything that you saw that you want to uh, make a mention of here before it's we get into the? It's a great day to be a Gale. How could we forget? Iona won their opening weekend matchup against Fairfield. You know, it wasn't the scoreline we all expected. I know everybody expected Iona to put up a hundred points and put on the showcase because we are the Gales that blow teams away, but. Modest, modest beginnings, humble beginnings, 26 to 17. Nick Delera, shout out, man of the match. Great to have you back, brother. Can't wait to get out and see you live. Just a great start to the year. Very excited. So, yeah, with that, we we can transition into our, our talk about some of the games around the uh, college landscape this opening weekend. Now, I, Kobe Iona, also the Gales playing in a literal Gale 
in, in the middle of like Hurricane Ida was up this way. So probably had a bit of an impact on that match. They were able to pull it out still, though. But I heard it was the conditions were pretty rough. They were. They were. I mean, they got off to a early lead, 21 to nothing. And they kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit. Maybe the weather had something to do with that. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's D1A rugby. It's going to be competitive. Fairfield is a chippy side. I've played against them before. And so it's kind of what you expected week one. Not everything is going to be perfect, but they found a way to get the job done, which is important. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on Fairfield. Especially going for forward. a young team like Iona. That is, yeah, especially, yeah, they lost obviously a lot of talent, you know, with uh, the departure of Mr. Colby Marshall now, you know, there's nobody <laughs> uh, holding that down. But no, we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on Fairfield to see if this is, you know, if they play other strong matches as well going forward. Uh, and a bit, I imagine a bit of rust. It's been a little while since, you know, these teams have been out there across the board, obviously. So that may contribute to some of these score lines as well. Uh, any other scores stand out to you on the weekend, Colby, from, from slate of action that had kind of taken place? A lot of teams, I just want to say off the bat, more of like a preseason, you know, some still playing tune-ups. But uh, anything that you saw that kind of caught your eye? Yeah, uh, St. Bonaventure, you know, putting a number on Mount St. Mary's, who are obviously in that top 10 NCR rankings. Uh, I believe that they slotted in at 10 in the preseason. Mount St. Mary's did. Yes. St. Bonaventure was at four. Uh, they put a pretty nice number on them, 45 to 28. So, you know, as an Iona alumni, I'm going to have my eye on St. Bonaventure. Um, I don't like them at all. We don't <laughs> like them. Nothing personal. It's just how it is. Army won by double digits as well, 48 to 28 over Queens University. Yeah, that's the one I wanted to talk yeah. about a little bit. You know, I that game was... Interesting. It looked like a bit of a blowout and, you know, Army was kind of in control right off the bat. They jumped out to, I think, a 26 to 7 first half lead. But Queens University made it a game after that. I mean, they got within five before Army kind of pulled away towards the end of the match. Queens University, you know, lost against some of their talent in the in the draft. Decor Davis went to Dallas. I think they're going to still be a frisky team this year, so interesting to keep an eye on them. Uh, Nazareth College playing their first year in in D1. They played three matches kind of as a tune-up on on Saturday, beating Albany 24-19, but then losing to Siena and Stony Brook. Uh, But it'll be, you know, again, they're someone I'm I'm monitoring, a team I want to monitor this year as well. Their first kind of action, as I said, in D1. Um, And they'll be playing, you know, they have some solid games in the Liberty Conference that, that they're going to be playing uh, next is Brockport, and then they have Binghamton and, and Buffalo and Syracuse. So a uh, team that I'm definitely keeping an eye on who, you know, are, are starting now. They, they That's a pretty solid win for them over Albany to start things off. And it doesn't look like Syracuse is having that strong a year, losing to Fordham 74-7 to in their opening match this weekend. Yeah, not surprised that Fordham were able to uh, – Ultimately put a number on Syracuse, uh, 74 points. That's impressive. But Fordham is going to be a team that are going to be in the mix. Uh, chippy team. I think they're, they've always been knocking on the door, kind of have been, I, I don't want to call them my own as noisy neighbors, but <laughs> I guess they're trying to gain that title. And so they're just always going to be there. So it's going to be interesting to see what Fordham does moving forward as well. And then Colby on the women's side, this is actually where I watched most of the the games this weekend. It's it's nice to have the Naira games on ESPN Plus. Um, but you know, 
some really there's some large score lines here, some large score deficits um, between some of these top programs. But then you know, a pretty close game against you know Army versus Brown. Uh, Brown, you know, playing their first season in, in the, at the D one level here, pushed Army a little bit. They had him in overtime, but Army eventually prevailed twenty six nineteen. But huge, huge wins by Dartmouth and Harvard. Uh, over Long Island University and Mount St. Mary's, respectively, you know, kind of opening things up and, and showing that these these Ivy League schools are, are going to be kind of a force to be reckoned with uh, on the women's side of the game. Yeah, for sure. I think Dartmouth, Harvard, uh, those kind of teams are going to be fun teams to watch moving forward in the women's game. And I can't wait to see what they do. They got off to great starts. 92 points. I mean, that's ridiculous for Dartmouth against Long Island University. So I can't wait to see how they follow up that performance in week two. Yeah, we're going to get into, you know, some of the reasons that Dartmouth was was able to to roll so convincingly over LIU in that one when we get into our players of the week. But uh, yeah, not a lot of action other than that on the women's side. You know, non, none of the D1 elite teams in action this week. We're, we're waiting on on Penn State and, and Life and Lindenwood to kind of get their seasons underway. Um, but, the, you know, the like the schools like Dartmouth and Harvard look like they're going to be uh, a force here and, you know, be interesting to see how, how that goes going forward Queens University also you know with the full there I guess D2 but they were had that you know 39 nothing convincing win over Lander University and I did want to mention also Colby that our uh, again Adrian College the others on the women's side they kind of played a they played three matches it looks like against Michigan on Saturday um, I'm not sure if they played they were all three full matches but they went one one and one so they notched their first win at, on the women's side as well after the men got their first win against Michigan last weekend. So just wanted to note that as well. That's tough. Going for the double men and women victories. I like it. I like it. Yeah, big, big stuff for Adrian right out, out of the gate here. Uh, and we can get into now, Colby, you know, our players of the the week, the people we thought kind of uh, had the best showing uh, so far in the weekend. We got men's and women's and and then a, a kind of honorable mention. Um it was a, this first week is a little tough to, to decide, you know, uh, there's a lot of action going on. Also, it's tough to get the stats from these games. So if you don't see a game live, it's kind of hard to figure out other than scoring, you know, there, there are not a lot of available statistics for these things. So we kind of went off of that a little bit as well. But for me on the men's side, it was Michael Amberg from Army who scored three tries in their matchup against Queens University, which, you know, I think was kind of the, the toughest matchup on the weekend. And they were pretty well-timed tries, Colby. So it was, you know, two tries back-to-back in the 24th and 36th minutes to put Army up 26-7. to And then after Queens University came back in the second half, making it 26-21, he was part of a rally. You know, his third try was part of a rally that, that put the game out of reach um, and, and kind of catapulted Army to the victory. So, you know, strong play from the winger uh, out of Illinois, for the Black Knights there, uh, just looked look strong, looked like he was a solid finisher on the wing. Yeah, he's a guy that's been a part of the D1A all-rugby freshman team uh, in the past. He's a key contributor to the Army 7s team. And so I think you're going to see a lot more from Michael Amberg and from Army as just a team that's insanely well-coached, uh, always well-prepared to go into battle. So going to hear a lot more from Army, I think, this season. And then on the women's side, we talked about Dartmouth just absolutely rolling over LIU, 92 to 5. A big part of that was Emily Henrich, the senior, who, you know, playing in her first 
match again for the big green after a couple years where her sophomore season, she, uh, you know, trained with uh, the Olympic seven squad. Then obviously last year there was no season due to the pandemic, but she came back and just tore it up almost immediately in the center line with her, her uh, center mate, Lily Durbin. They just, it, it was, it was crazy to watch. Uh, they were just running free and open, you know, and em, uh, Emily had a couple tries of her own, but she was mostly facilitating for teammates, you know, ripping off like 30, 40 meter runs and then offloading and setting up teammates on, on that side. And then defensively was a force as well. So, you know, you don't get to almost a hundo without like some really solid play out of your, out of your back line, your two center positions. And they, they were a force. And I think they're going to be, uh, you know, that's a pairing to watch going forward as well. Yeah. Emily Henrik is a lady that has had some caps for the national team very experienced at only 22 years old. So she's going to be at the forefront of the leadership for that Dartmouth team. I can't wait to see what they do moving forward as well. Yeah, I think that's going to be, again, another team to watch as we move forward here. They really showed it. Uh, we'll see what they can do against some you know, more experienced sides. But uh, yeah, they, they, they look dangerous. It was, it was a very convincing win for Dartmouth. And then Colby, finally, our honorable mention, I just wanted to shout out Jelana Jade Garcia from Mount St. Mary's. They lost 53 to 5 to Harvard, but Jelana was an absolute force on the pitch. I every time, you know, I was I was watching that game and I just kept seeing number 13 pop up for for Mount St. Mary's over and over again everywhere all over the field, making tackles, counter-rucking, running hard. Even when that game started to get out of hand, you know, she was just all over the place. Um, making positive gains for for that uh, Mount St. Mary side, she did end up scoring the the lone try for the Mount. Just uh, you know, a, a really solid competitor, and she's led that team in scoring her freshman and sophomore year. So looking to continue that trend going forward, and and that's definitely you know we had the drink up here. I think Colby can get behind that kind of gameplay where you know you just go go hard for the whole eighty minutes, and even when your team is down, you're, you're just playing you know like it's. Uh, like like you just got out there and like you you have a shot at winning that game. That's how you get fans. That that that's why that's how you get notoriety, Zach. That's exactly how you get it. Love to see that from the junior from Mount St. Mary's. She's got a fan. She's got a fan in me, Zach. She's got a fan in me. Same here. Uh, yeah, she again. You know, the pod is fully behind her. Jelana J Garcia, come on on the pod anytime you want to chat. Uh, we we are definitely. Uh, huge supporters now of that game. So, and good luck to the Mount as they go forward. You know, I think they showed a lot in that game. Obviously, uh, it was not the result they wanted, but, you know, we'll see if they can kind of get going later in the season here, take some lessons from that loss to Harvard and, and kind of move forward with that. But, yeah, again, uh, huge fan. Jelana J. Garcia, uh, no doubt. So, any other thoughts here on this first weekend of collegiate action, Colby, before we wrap up? No, man, it's good to see you back. It's good to see you back in action, us doing our thing. Hopefully you guys are enjoying the podcast so far. I'm having a lot of fun with it. And Iona, we're taking the whole thing. Cuts down. <laughs> we're coming for you. Penn State, we're coming for you. It's Put him on notice. Back. Connor Buckley is our coach. How can we lose? <laughs> coach but, Buck. Uh, so, yeah, just uh, – We'll be coming back later in the week, hopefully, with a preview of some matches coming up on this weekend. A lot of more teams kind of getting into the mix here now this coming Saturday. So we'll try and get a roundup of, of all that, give you the games that you want to definitely want to watch, and hopefully where you can watch them if we can figure that out ourselves. 
Uh, but make sure in the meantime, you know, you're also checking out some of the other stuff on Rugby Wrap Up. Uh, we had a great interview with Billy Meeks. Uh, Matt sat down and they, they talked a lot about uh, this is important to me, Colby. You may not understand it so much, but they talked a lot about being bald, bald men of rugby and how important that is. So um, it was that was one for for me and for the other, you know, bald individuals uh, dang, out there. Can't, dang, can't. Hey, I'm, I think I'm going to, you know, my, I have a, my father's bald, you know what I'm saying? Like my grandfather's bald. So I'm, I'm going to, honestly, I thought years ago at this age, I'd be bald. So I, I can't really complain, but I know it's coming. <laughs> All right. Well, sit, hold it as long as you can. Just stay as long as you can. At this age of 42, I figured I'd be bald, <laughs> but no, God has other plans. Yeah, I mean, me at 57 years old myself, you know, I, I lost that hair pretty early in life. So, uh, but yeah, check that out. Rate, review, subscribe to the pod. Follow us on, on Twitter at LanningZach and at C Marshall2, Colby uh, Marshall2, excuse me. Uh, make sure you're following at the Drink Up Pod and uh, let us know what you think. Let us know your thoughts. Give us a shout out. If you have some players that you thought played really well this week, you know, that we may have overlooked. Uh, make sure you shout them out on our feed as well, and we'll we'll make we'll get them on the pod. So yeah, anybody you thought was player of the week, just tweeted at us, and we'll we'll, we'll make sure we make a mention. Um, so yeah, with that though, Colby, yeah, it's great to uh, great to be potting with you, man. It's uh, looking forward to a, a wonderful season. Loving it. Stay safe out there, guys. Enjoy the rugby. Peace. Go Saders. Go Gales. <laughs>